Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February, 61. And from the 10th of February through till May, it rained and poured all night and day. The more they try to keep me down, the better I live in this here town. And the more they try to grind you down, the better I like Vancouver town. Welcome back to another episode of Vancouver and Whistler Place, where we tell you all the places off the beaten path of Whistler and Vancouver that you must not miss. I'm going to keep workshopping these new intros and see which yeah. one I like. But we've always got Dave, we've got Graham, again, we've got waffles, we've yes. got donuts, we've got, well, we're out of coffee. It's not raining, the mountains are back. Dave's not going to come in. They never want to remember. That was a close moment. That was close. We were, we were worried there. But... Guys, what are we going to talk about this time? Are we Whistler or are we Vancouver? We are Whistler. We're going to pop up to Whistler. Whistler. Uh, Graham's going to tell you a bit more later. We're going to be up there signing our book next week. Oh, we'll okay. tell you about more of that in the end of the podcast. We're going to Whistler, and um, we're going to talk about the le- the legendary UBC ski cabin. Okay? Legendary. Legendary. Well, yeah. you know, I equate um, skiing with youthful enthusiasm and just yeah. kind of just go for it. Like, I, my best skiing was in my 20s and 30s, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun up there. I, I never went to UBC, but I, I had friends that did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was there the occasional drink up there? Was there any partying? Did people want to go to bed at 7.30 or 8 so that they could get up early to ski? All these questions will be answered. <laughs> 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 what a cliffhanger, Dave. Uh, what a cliffhanger, you know. And then the uh, it's history, it's demise. And, and Graham works at UBC, and we were just discussing, you know, what a what a... What's the word I'm looking for? How unfortunate that they, UBC doesn't have a ski cabin anymore. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. I think it's still referred, like, informally in Whistler, I still think people call it the UBC. Yeah, it's ski kept the name. Yeah, yeah. It's a commercial it's hostel not, that yeah. you know, going to UBC means nothing. If you go there, just have from UBC, they go, well, you know, this is a commercial hostel, which is yeah. great. I mean, yeah. it's wonderful that the community of Whistler has a hostel, and it's a terrific building. But that the university lost its ski cabin. That's yeah, the real story. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's a neat, also a neat part of uh, Whistler history because, as you say, it's a commercial operation now, but it's got a really interesting backstory. Yeah, yeah. Like, not so, a lot of places in Whistler have this kind so of a backstory. So go back to the early 60s. Started by students. Yeah, the early 60s, the, the Garibaldi Mountain Corporation, or, the, you know, the, the what was back then today's Vail Properties, you know, they say, look, we've right. got all this land, we're going to develop a mountain. Would you like the land for free, UBC, with the Varsity Outdoor Amazing. Club? Can you imagine? Like to build a cabin here. Just and giving away space. Imagine like now, imagine Vail yeah. just calling up UBC, like, hey, yeah, we got some we got space. Some land hey, you they... kids like to do some yeah. skiing. You, want, you need <laughs> yeah. a place to build exactly. a hut? It's not that sophisticated. <laughs> We're going to build a mountain here, and um, if you guys can get it open in the time for us opening the mountain, it'll be great. And uh, the students uh, of the Varsity Outdoor Club, who were bequeathed this land, um, they built this 40-bed cabin. Holy and it cost smart. them, guess how much it would have cost them to build the cabin in 1965? 50,000. How much? 50. Close, close. Oh, I was going to say two grand. Yeah, you're, well, right up smack dab in the middle. $16,000. $16,000? Yeah, to build a 40-bedroom cabin. Um, you clap. can't even get a van down by the river <laughs> for that yeah. these days. I'm serious. You cannot yeah, you get can, a van yeah, down by the river for $16,000. So what a wonderful van. asset for the Varsity Outdoor Club wow. to have. And throughout the 60s and 70s, you know, it is party central. And the, the headline in the province was because the cabin opened up before the mountain. And every weekend they had a crew of students up there working for free to build it. Yeah. It's all done with volunteer activity. So much fun. So uh, the province newspaper ran the headline that said uh, students get an A for, um, you know, having the cabin built on time. 
So the, the cabin's built on time. You can't ma- get a cabin built on time the mount- anymore either. The mountain wasn't open yet because they, 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 they got the cabin. They were so enthusiastic to get this thing going. So before there was an actual like commercial ski hill. Well, ski hill opened a couple months later. So oh, it's just okay. a perfect scenario. Beautiful cabin. Keeners. Keeners. Mm-hmm. So Graham and I were talking about this because he works at UBC. And the Varsity Outdoor Club still exists. And then there's something called the Alma Matter Society, which is, I explain the difference between the Varsity Outdoor Club and the Alma Matter Society. It's well, important. Well, I'll do my best, but I don't know. I'm not a student uh, at You're UBC. You're an administrator. I'm, I'm staff, so yeah. um, I don't you know, really know. Um, but here's how I think of it. I, th- I think of the Alma, Ma- Alma Mater Society as kind of like the union. So when you become a student, you also become a member of this society. And that's where I think they got into trouble or where this issue came out of, Dave, is because when, you, when the club creates something, is it then something that belongs to the club, or does it actually belong to the group that the club is a well, part of? So it wasn't just no, Vancouver Ski Fans Club. No, it was UBC right. Ski Club. So here's so that's that, where I think you run into this that's trouble. A good, good explanation. Who is the owner? Right, the who, club so or the but then didn't exactly you say that like who is the organization? Garibaldi well, Foundation just gave. I wonder if they even like signed a piece of paper that was like you know, or they were like, whatever, just they, go hang they, out. They say wood. that when they went out for the first weekend to to build it, you know, to do the survey, they couldn't find it. It was a rectangular piece of land <laughs> they were just given. So they're out there with their survey machines and you know with maps, and they couldn't find it. They have shovels and they want to get going. So it's not that sophisticated. It's not like a contract. Should have been real the geog- yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have had the uh, geography club. Yeah. In there. <laughs> the architects club. Yeah, the engineers club. Yeah, yeah. So by the early seventies, um, they're struggling to keep up with the cost to operate it because the upkeep is is so much. And some members kind of there's dissension. Want to build a smaller hut because this one was so big, and it was kind of also intended for cross country skiing partially. And right. as the focus yeah. switched to downhill, there's more dissension. We should build a smaller cabin. It's too much upkeep. I signed on to this for cross-country. You know, this is turning into a party central for downhill. So there's problems. Mm. And the revenues that they're taking Those in are... downhill people, you know? Well, the revenues go downhill. The expenses <laughs> go uphill. Thank you. It's a transition. And, and people come from across country to see it. Right. So it's not as if it was planned. <laughs> and then to further complicate matters, the UBC Alma Matter Society, they're the big, you know, the big overarching body, yeah, yeah. says, well, we own it. And the Varsity Outdoor Club says, no, no, we own it. Uh. So for five years, there's legal battles going oh, back and smokes. forth. Now you got the legal club. The legal club, yeah. It's all the clubs in Whistler or in uh, UBC coming yeah. together for this. So that is what happened to it. And um, you know what was Party Central and a wonderful, vibrant place? It all came to uh, to a halt, and uh, the uh, the building. But, not, but neither of them own it now, right? Neither they, of them they, own it they, now. They, they they sold it. Who ended in up 20, winning in the 2013? Legal battle, in 2013, I don't know, but in 2013, the UBC Alma Mater Society held a referendum. I guess the students voted because yeah. I guess that the Alma Mater Society uh, had asserted it was theirs. They had a referendum, and it was decided to sell it. The property was hmm. sold and converted into a lodge. Hmm. You know, I've how stayed much there. They, how much they sell you have, it for? You, I have do you remember? There. Do you remember what you paid or what it was like? I mean, it's I like thirty bucks. Or I don't remember why I stayed there. I think I had a friend in town, and they were like, "Let's all just stay in this thing." And yeah, it was like pretty cheap. It's like a hostelry, but like it's kind of a cool old vibe. Like yeah, bunk beds. Yeah, yeah. yeah like bunk beds, standard yeah, like locker, hostel yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was pretty cool. Like it was like an old mountain lodge for sure. Yeah. When did you say it was built? The sixties. It was built in the 60s. It was completed in 1965 and, uh, you know, run by the Varsity Outdoor Club with the Alma Mater Society asserting ownership. Mm. Um, It had problems and controversy. People couldn't decide which direction it should go. It went downhill. And finally, it was sold 
And uh, you go up there now, and what would the property be worth? What's the building oh, worth? God. But its origins are are very simple, and its origins. The you funny know, thing are, for me was when I I must have stayed there in like uh, 2012, 2013, maybe right around when they sold it. Is that what you said? Yeah, but like I remember everyone still called it the UBC Ski Lodge. Yeah, like, like whether it was a private one or not at that time, we still called it the UBC thing. So yeah. I don't know if that was just informally. It just kind of kept its name for a long time. In well, I think the cool thing is that anybody our age, you know, in their 50s or 60s that went to UBC and, and, and enjoyed it during the 70s and 80s can now at least go back and can reminisce. And it probably needed the injection of uh, private money to, to renovate it and to operate it like a business. So thank goodness they didn't tear it down. But uh, what a loss. If, if I was a student at UBC in 2021... You know, I wish I'd been there 10 years earlier, 15 years earlier, when I could have taken advantage of a, a ski cabin that the, the university owns. Yeah, you Do know. you know how much they sold it for? What they, what they got for it? I want to say a couple of million or something Holy like that. Smokes. Back then, back in 12 or 13, the real estate market in Whistler was a bit uh, depressed, not like it is now. Hmm. And I want to say, uh, my reading, I, you know, I read a copious articles to the question and the um, Whistler Peak and did a bunch of research, and it was like two or three million that, the, that it went for, I think. So remind me again, they opened it when? What 65. Year? 65, and they sold it in? 2013. 2013, so well, that's a long time. Nothing. But that's like right. 50 years, 40 yeah. years? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Still, that's a pretty good investment. If you can turn $16,000 into couple million better than my mutual fund <laughs> <laughs> that is not bad but it coulda woulda shoulda you know i mean had they hung on to it till 2021 but the main thing is that it still exists it's a cool building it, it stood the test of time it's not like it was shoddily built or something free student labor and um it's worth going up there to to have a look at the architecture and if, if you yeah. ever were a student and stayed there you know it would bring back some great memories and whereabouts yeah. is it i remember it yeah, Nordic Drive. You, when you twenty-one twenty-four, no, Nordic Drive. Yeah. Roughly where is that? Like a Creekside. I say a couple area. of kilometers north of Creekside. You just you know there's there's an overpass bridge that goes over Nordic, and you just you're, you're going north from Creekside along Highway ninety-nine, and you turn left on the Nordic Drive exit, and just go around the corner and around another corner. It's there. You know, it's it's not much else there. It's kind of a it's a residential area. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, right in the smack dab in the middle of a residential area. So it's still hard to find. Yeah, so to I'm not really <laughs> not that hard to find. Hard, you know, we, hard uh, for me to find. we did another chapter. I think we we've we've done a podcast about this before about the um, uh, Mojo's nightclub, the bouncing grounds uh, of uh, where uh, Justin Trudeau was a, was a bouncer. But he was, I think, also a member of the UBC Ski and Board Club. It would club. make complete sense. And I think he would have been uh, a member of the club while it's the while the cabin still belonged yeah. to the club. So I wonder if he's actually stayed there. I bet you he probably has. I put my money on that one. I yeah. put my money on that one too. You go to UBC. They should run around and see if he's got a I mean, signet, whether he signed the walls or something. There weren't that's that many hotels up there back then. No. In well, when Justin Which was is so in the eighties, but the seventies, you would you'd have had very few hotels you could stay in. The eighties, they started to build more, and by the nineties, there was a boom. But you know, sixty-five, your choices for accommodation at Whistler were slim. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds so weird, considering I think it's all hotels at this point now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's an, another interesting angle. Like, I wonder, in terms of hotels, we didn't look into this. I don't think, but which was the first hotel? Yeah, it's, I guess you know, you the know, Rainbow Lodge or Myrtle Phillips. Probably, be, yeah, and officially. I, you or know, I went Miller's to, Cabin. I suppose he took yeah. in some renters there, or trade you some skunk meat for a, <laughs> I don't know, a nugget of gold. Well, the UBC ski cabin certainly would have been moose. one of, I hope you get moose for one of the first of places. I went to BCIT. You know, we didn't have a ski cabin there. SFU, I'm unaware of the SFU ski cabin. I would be aware of it. So no other 
No other educational institute has one. Now, now no educational institutions yeah. do. It's kind of an old-fashioned notion that, that a, yeah. a university would have the cabin. But what great days those could have been if you could have stayed there back then for five or ten bucks a night, show your alma mater wow. card, party all night, yeah. and um, great, been, great memories. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so final thoughts. Well, final thought, I want to give a plug for our uh, book signing on Saturday, November 27th. We're going to be at the Marketplace. The the Marketplace uh, Marketplace, Plaza. The Marketplace Plaza. The the store up there, which is called the Fresh Street Market. And we'll be there from 1 to 5 signing our books. Yeah, and this (laughs) is right at the end. So this is shameless. That's my final thought. Go to the book signing. Go meet meet the podcast people in person. But yeah, bring your stories because this is, uh, for me, I think the fun part about doing a book signing is we always, always have people come up to us and say, I got another angle for you on this story or I was at the ski club or, you know, whatever. Yeah. We hear um, lots of neat stories. It's actually kind of fun. Cool. Dave? What do you got? Um, I just, uh, there, there's a guy whose name kept on coming up as the founder of this uh, ski cabin that, um, you know, made a big difference. His name is Carl Ricker. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to give him a shout out because uh, when I was doing my research, everybody says that, uh, you know, he was the guy that, that made a difference and organized it all. Hmm. And uh, it wouldn't have been uh, standing if it wasn't for him. So I just no, as we reflect cool. upon it. It's just nice to mention uh, his name. Shout out to um, Carl. Wherever shout out to he's Carl. At. Yeah. And a shout out to the people that are running it now. I'm sure they do a great job. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, take away from what, what they've accomplished and achieved. And it's, it's the passage of time. Everything changes. But the building still stands. It's worth, worth going to take a look at. Awesome. And I remember, like I said, when I went, you can go stay there now and i remember it being pretty cool it's very different from the like the fancy whistler places that you can stay in so it's kind of a little well, throwback so. bunk bed places in whistler yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> only one there's the one in the olympic the athletes village down in like a place with bunk beds a lodge yeah like the it was a, it's a hostel down i can't buy well, way is it a youth hostel? Yeah, hostel yeah it's youth hostel oh, okay. yeah okay uh, there's that one, and I think it's just that one. And then well, there's, there's the, the Pangea Pod. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Yeah, we'll come back to that one. But yeah, yeah. it's a cool spot if you if you do want to. Probably, it's probably still pretty cheap, I imagine. But uh, yeah, go check it out if you want to try something different. Yeah. I recommend it. I will Good. give it a positive wow. recommended review. Recommended by Mike. Mike. Mike recommends. Yeah, yeah. Mike recommends. But it's going to uh, be a new feature on the on the podcast. Mike Mike's yeah, you're going to ask us for final it's, thoughts, it's and I'm going to say, Mike, what <laughs> do you recommend? It's, today it's called the Whistler Lodge Hostel. If any of our, our listeners want to go up there, the Whistler Lodge Hostel. And what's the uh, what's the address again? Something. The address Nordic? is 2124, 2124 Nordic Drive. And when this comes out, we're going to be just just getting into ski season. We'll just be launching, yep. so it's perfect. Thanksgiving, for the that. long weekend is the embarkation yeah. of skiing up at Whistler, and that's when Graham and I are going to be up there signing books on the Saturday. So come by and say hi. Sounds good. My final thought is: we just passed just before this. We were checking our uh, Podbean thing, and we just realized we went past seven thousand listens. So thank you to everyone who's been listening throughout the time. We're at seven thousand. We're going to get to ten. We're going to keep going. We're ten, baby. We're going we're for going, it. Baby. We're going for it. Go so for the keep, big just ten. keep pre- if anyone's listening, just keep pressing repeat and just go through. <laughs> Leave it on twenty four hours a day and repeat. We're gonna hit ten by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll be good. We'll let you know where we're at next time. But yeah. Thank um, you. Good, as good we points. always ask, uh, just make sure you go on to wherever you listen to your fine podcast, comment, like, do all those things and help us get the word out there. Tell your friends, tell your people, tell your waffles, uh, all those things. But make sure you come back next time and we'll tell you more places in Whistler and Vancouver that you must not miss. We'll see you next time.